Hi, my name's Nicole. I have been uh, working with Rachel for the past several months. And I would just say, you know, she's a wealth of knowledge. She's natural at what she does. She gives you, you know, advice that I think you can use every single day. She's super real, leads you down the right path. Um, I've enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, her skin camp is exceptional for anyone that wants to take a bit of a deeper dive. It's like being in the bathroom with Rachel. She guides you through everything. She's super passionate about it. You have the ability to watch it over again. Um, by far worth all the investment. I go back to it all the time for reference. Welcome everyone to today's episode right here on the Rachel Vargo podcast. If you're tuning in live on Facebook or YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button and also hit the bell so that you know when I go live. And if you're tuning in on the Rachel Vargo podcast, also be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Let me know what you would love to hear more about. So today's episode is pretty exciting one. Today we're going to learn about how biohacking can help us look youthful with Tim Gray all the way from the UK. Let me tell you a little bit about Tim. So Tim is the UK's leading biohacker and is the founder of the Health Optimization Summit, which is how I heard about Tim. As a psychology specialist, serial entrepreneur, and successful businessman, Tim founded and invested in multiple seven-figure businesses, including several digital marketing agencies and London's first private hyperbaric oxygen clinic. After years spent self-healing his body from chronic health conditions through biohacking alone, Tim embarked on a, a mission to educate and empower the masses. As such, he created the Health Optimization Summit, Europe's largest health conference, which aims to provide people with the knowledgeable tools and resources to make their own health, to take their own health and performance to the next level. The summit is a world-first collaboration between the U.S.-based health titans, such as the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference and Paleo FX, which showcases some of the best speakers from the health, biohacking, fitness, longevity, nutrition, and functional medicine perspective, and also in the preventative medicine spaces. Tim is also the man behind the Biohacker London Meetup Group, a global growing community which has laid the foundation in the UK for the summit's success. Be sure to learn more about Tim Gray's work at summit.healthoptimization.com. And his contact information will be in the show notes. So I want to welcome Tim here with us today, all the way from UK. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself and your work in the biohacking field. And then I'm going to get right into some questions. Well, yeah, I think the intro covered a great deal of it. Um, I think the, the refinement parts would be just that I got ill and the traditional system couldn't really uh, help me too far. It was chronic health issues and they just kind of shrugged their shoulders at me. So I started researching, um, which I did for four or five years before I heard about Bulletproof Coffee and Dave Asprey's work. And then I started listening to the podcast and, and then realized that there was a whole uh, load of crazies like me out there that had the same, <laughs> the same set of issues and were looking for answers in different places. So and that's really where it began. Um, and then from there, just uh, going to the conferences, uh, obviously the Bulletproof Conference as well, seeing how much of a community there was in the biohacking space, how most of them are very growth mindset, uh, solution focused, opposed to problems focused, and generally have the mindset of there's a way around everything. It's just a matter of finding it. Um, really made me feel like I needed to start that over in England. So I did. And it obviously grew and grew and grew from a little meetup to, you know, three or 400 people that meet on a Sunday morning once a month, uh, 
pre-COVID and uh, and a yearly conference of about 12 to 1500 people. So yeah, it's been a fun journey. That's great. I'm, I'm very proud of you and thankful for the work that you're doing over in the UK. So Tim, how does biohacking help you stay looking so young? <laughs> um, health from the, out, uh, the inside out opposed to the outside in. I think that's the the key thing and an understanding obviously metabolic health and the things that you should be doing uh, to slow aging are absolutely critical opposed to the things that we do on the outside that speeds up aging, <laughs> um, but they may give us a short term win. So yeah, I mean, I, I, there's several before and after photos I've done on my Instagram, um, which showed where I was when I was 31 versus 41. And uh, it's been quite a big difference. Uh, <laughs> so it's been it's been a good journey really working from the inside out and that's you know looking at cellular deficiencies what you what your body's actually craving for on a cellular level um, and then obviously cell health uh, as well as that so such as uh, fixing the cell membrane so the nutrients can get in and out and then looking at your mitochondria to make sure that that's running properly and uh, yeah it really does make a, a huge difference a real huge difference Mm -hmm. And to be able to do all the things that you do as an entrepreneur, a speaker, a, you know, a host of, you know, UK's leading biohacking world over where you are, it takes a lot of work. And I would speculate that you wouldn't actually be able to do this degree of work day in and day out if you weren't biohacking, mm -hmm. because your physical health would probably waver and you would mm -hmm. show it in your face. You probably see this in other guys, you know, mm -hmm. who are entrepreneurs where you live, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I did a post on this actually last week um, because about daily routines where some of the most successful people I know, you know, let's say financially first, they're very, very successful because their days are so strictly um, governed, you know, down to the 10, 15 minutes. But often they don't add in the time in their schedule to have the right things done for health. You know, they don't eat in the right window. They don't have the right food they eat for convenience. They don't um, integrate their family into their daily routine. And then you've got the next set of people that are generally the healthiest that really focus on their health, uh, but they don't necessarily focus on their finances or their career properly. And they end up, you know, um, not necessarily doing so well in the other. And then you've got the ones that are absolute titans that have their health, their work and their family balanced down. I mean, Dave is an example of that. And also, so is uh, my friend, Dr. Dominic Nitritz, uh, who's the biological dentist. I think you should probably have a chat with her at some point. Um, but they have their, their routines down and they respect their body, they respect their time and they respect their family. And as a result, it comes together as the, the perfect set. Um, so I, I really think that that's a key part of psychological health, physical health um, and respecting your time. And I think the people that aren't successful with their health or with their finances or with their family are literally just uh, running around like crazy with no strategy and not respecting any of those things. So it's really is a big difference. And when I look at friends that I went to school with and being 41 now, a lot of them have aged a lot quicker than me, a lot. Admittedly, they have children, <laughs> whereas I don't. So I've had the luxury of pretty epic sleep pretty much my whole life, um, especially over the last 10 years where I've been optimizing it. Uh, so I think that, again, is a big clue for slowing down aging and having uh, longevity by respecting and optimizing your sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. We both have our aura rings on. And what we do is what we can do with these rings, if you don't know what the aura ring is, we can actually track our sleep and see 
you know, what's going on. And then we can actually sometimes even modify our day the next day, depending on our readiness score and knowing when to push ourselves and when to rest and recover. I think that's really important to not necessarily have like a rigid daily routine, but to give yourself the grace to know when you might need to just dial back a little bit and uh, maybe support other aspects of your health and well-being. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say you're absolutely on point with that where you say about the readiness score, for instance, you know, if you've pushed it the day before, for instance, if you have drunk or if you have exercised too late in the evening, your readiness score will say the next day and says it's a recovery day. So, you know, not Mm -hmm. to push it, you know, not to work out. Uh, But on the days where your sleep score is good and your readiness is is high, you can say, actually, I'm going to push it in the gym today. So it's really nice to let you know that posted just going, I've got to power on, I've got to do more, I've got to do more, I've got to do more to the point of burnout, which I find very typical for people in the biohacking space because they're an all-in or nothing type. So having something like the Aura Ring really does bring you back to focusing on um, focusing on the data, which keeps you in check opposed to just, you know, plowing on. Yeah, absolutely. So we have individuals like my dear husband, he's a six-time pro world champion, kickboxer, MMA fighter for some of the biggest organizations in the world. He is a pretty super human individual because he's incredibly intuitive with what's going on with his physical body, his mental state all of the time. So some of us do have a little bit more of a gift in that way of being able to really go within and take those cues. And then others of us, we like to kind of have the tack and the gadgets to sort of help us out a little bit. So, you know, props to you if you don't need to go down the biohacking rabbit hole to solve your problems. But Mm. this is, I think, the way of the future of beauty, to Mm. be honest. Mm. No, it's it's quantifiable um, and it's solution focused um, and it leaves the biases at the door uh, and you explore explore what works opposed to what we're told works. So I think, yeah. yeah. What we're told works. Oh my gosh. So Canada's food guide a long time ago told us to eat all the grains and all the dairy and, and all of this stuff. So just because we're told to do something by an influencer or someone we've, we've heard, you never really know what that background agenda is so that when you have your own data to go on, it's actually quite empowering. So, Tim, I wanted to ask you, what are a few of your, you know, very kind of holistic favorite body, mind, spirit and energy alignment practices? I'm all about promoting alignment of our body, mind, spirit, energy in order to achieve a higher level of beauty and radiance, because looking good is not just skin deep. It's really actually what's going on in the background on the cellular level. So what are some of your practices in each of these different uh, facets? It's a very, very good question. I think over the years, there's been so many com- uh, ch- changes. It's been compound, compounded, I guess, um, to the point. So I don't, none of them I take for granted, and uh, but I have them in my daily routine. Uh, a checklist that actually I run through every day of my life. The first thing is obviously waking up and having first light um, from sunrise, uh, if it's if it's bright enough. Uh, then I do that. And obviously, first light is the best to reset your circadian rhythm, which obviously is great for hormone balancing. Um, and also just checking in with yourself to see how you feel for the day ahead, opposed to having lots and lots of noise thrown at you and lots of stresses, which actually sets the tone for the day, which actually brings you down. So I think your energy, people people can tell on the outside, obviously, your energy from the inside, whether you mean to let it out or not. So setting 
the day and the intention is one of the first things I do is actually the very first thing I do. Um, and then uh, I support myself with uh I want to talk about your grounding ritual that you do every day. And yes, I did it today, but uh, tell us what you do to ground in the morning. Cause I, I love this. Let's just kind of get just like a little bit woo, but throw some science in with it. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, I mean, after I've hydrated and I do have it with minerals, I have um, reverse osmosis recharged water, which uh, is mineral rich. And I use uh, hypertonic in that. I then come downstairs and I make my bulletproof coffee and get out in the garden and I go barefoot on the grass. And <laughs> now um, when we're barefoot on the grass or in soil or swimming in the sea or connected to the earth, there's actually a flow of free electrons that uh, we get. It's part of the reason why our feet sweat so much because it makes moisture, it makes us better contacted, uh, connected to the ground. Those free, free flow of electrons actually um, pair with free radicals, or should I say, uh, yeah, uh, pair with free radicals, sorry. And what that does is that uh, neutralizes them essentially, which reduces inflammation and also completes the electrical circuitry of our body. So it really does re reduce inflammation very quickly. There's been uh, several tests um, with groups of people done, I wouldn't say studies, not that far, to show how, um, how it reduces inflammation, how blood cells, red blood cells actually become equidistant opposed to clump together. I love uh, this. So you sent mm. me the resource for groundology.com. And so mm. I saw those slides you're talking about. Mm. And it's almost like when you look at the red blood cell and the ungrounded individual, the shape of the red blood cell isn't really as uniform, but it's the ionic interactions between other red blood cells around that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So in, um, you know, a highly ungrounded individual, those red blood cells are going to be kind of like stacked on top of one another. It's going to be disorganized. But mm. then in the blood sample of a grounded individual, there's just perfect spacing between all of the red blood cells. So just imagine if we can see that in slides of our blood, what else is happening on the ionic regulation uh, sort of alignment and, and balancing act. It's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's what happens on a cellular level. And it's all about, well, we're electrical creatures and balancing the electric part of us is an important part of the equation. And that's why um, minerals or electrolytes, obviously, you can tell from their name, it may, plays a massive part in this. And then obviously grounding goes with that. And then we get in the photons from the sun, uh, which I guess you could call the positive part of the battery and the earthing is the negative part of the battery. And we're a bio-circuit board in between the two, which is what the way I heard uh, Dr. McCullough mention it once upon a time, which I really, it really resonated with me. So while it may sound woo, um, actually it's very, uh, quantifiable and I think when you see it on a red blood cell level in live blood analysis you can actually see what happens to the blood then it's like actually I quantifying it just like quantifying my sleep you know it's like it's a it's a gauge to optimize from uh, yeah. whereas we're just guessing oh I feel good when I do yoga in the park that's great but until you can actually see it um, you know it's uh, much harder to optimize so yeah that's one of my again one of my key parts of the day yeah, I love that. It's adorable. I did it this morning at 6.30 a.m. It was still pitch black <laughs> outside. I have a little pond outside, so I just had my coffee, put my feet on the ground. It's just, it was a beautiful start to the day. So I loved what you talked about with light. So I use, you know, $140,000 lasers in the clinic to provide photo rejuvenation 
by mechanism mm -hmm. of the light energy being absorbed in the hemoglobin and the melanin in the skin. So we can essentially use intense pulse light phototherapy to get rid of broken capillaries, which a lot of us get the corners of the nose, diffuse redness on the cheeks, or things like red acne scars or brown spots. Mm -hmm. And this is really sweet. There's two Stanford studies that actually looked at broadband light impacting the genetic expression of skin cells. So now we're getting mm -hmm. into light with epigenetics. So you could see how this is just starting to open up the floodgates of how phototherapy can mm -hmm. help us with our epigenetics. And epigenetics is essentially, if you don't know what that is, the way that our genes are expressing ourselves. So yes, we have a genetic blueprint, but it's the way things are expressed is the indicator of our, our health, vitality, beauty, radiance. So tell mm -hmm. us kind of your take on, on light well, energy in our bodies. Well, to go to the epigenetics thing, I think there's a saying that says um, genetics loads the gun, epigenetics pulls the trigger. So, you know, if you're subjected to a toxic environment, then your genes would behave differently. So let's just say that you're jumping, you're swimming in some toxic waste. That's your environment. That's going to do your damage. That's pretty obvious. Light is one of those things. We have good light, which is full spectrum, spectrum natural light from the sun, uh, which has different um, wavelengths throughout the day. And it's more blue in the morning and more red in the evening. Uh, the blue light is very stimulating, i.e. it stops us secreting melatonin. And um, red light is still energizing, but it's more at the sunset, which is the more of the healing element of the sun. So different light waves do different things to us. Obviously, blue light being the wake up um, part, which is why we wake with sunrise. And that, again, that ties into epigenetics again. Um, certain genes turn on and off at different times of the day, such as uh, after sunset, we actually can produce up to 50 times less insulin uh, because those genes downregulate. And as a result, that means that we don't produce the insulin when we eat so much. So therefore, our blood sugar levels stay higher throughout the night. When the sun comes up again and we got subjected to blue light, then obviously those genes come on again, or should I say um, upregulate, and we start producing insulin at a faster rate. So that's why we should break fast. Uh, the key is in the name. And then after sunset, when we would be sitting around a campfire uh, from an evolutional perspective, um, is we would only have very red light or eat by campfire, uh, not toxic blue light. The other thing is, is that uh, there's no way, nowhere in nature of blue light on its own. It always has various other wavelengths with it. Now, with the use of mobile devices or funky Instagram-ready circle lights, uh, to give us the right lighting for podcasts, for instance, they are blue light, very blue light. In fact, I've got a setting that makes it slightly more orange opposed to just blue, so it's more balanced. But um, blue light is, is actually toxic on its own, in my opinion. Um, and so it really should be balanced. Like, for instance, around the house, you get full spectrum lights in the house. Um, and after sunset, you know, uh, having red light bulbs. Actually, Dave recently brought some out with his brand True Dark around uh, red lights in the evening. And so uh, because of the timing now, for instance, which in, in the UK, it's 5.30 p.m. Uh, sunset has obviously happened about an hour ago, but because of the timing, we need an absence of uh, blue light for at least three hours before bed for us to start secreting our melatonin to get tired. So within three hours, so I go to bed at 10.30, 
So at eight, uh, seven, eight o'clock, somewhere around there, I'll start wearing my blue blockers. But before that, I don't. Uh, but really, when you're in front of junk light, um, traditional junk light should wear something to filter out that because light can be great for us or it can be harmful to us. And yet we don't really appreciate the negative aspects of it enough. And actually, Dave talks about this an awful lot. Um, I think he's in his book, uh, Superhuman. I think he goes into it in most detail. Yes, he does. So I'll add another layer to that to the skin since I have you on here to talk about, you know, how you're looking, you know, quite young for 41. And we're learning that the blue light from our devices actually reaches deeper than the UVA and UVB light from outside. So on the sunny days, we're getting the UVB rays. And on the cloudy days, we're getting the UVA rays or the aging rays. And it's really important too, if you want to prevent things like skin cancer, the, the research is, is out on this. You've got to wear mineral-based sunscreen every single day. So even if you're kicking it at home, doing podcasts all day, it is a good idea to have products on your skin like antioxidants, peptides, growth factors, and also a mineral-based sunscreen. And yeah, it's pretty crazy what we're learning about the implications of blue light on the skin. And I'm also noticing that from mask wearing, I'm seeing a little bit of an uptick in my clients um, having more pigmentation on their cheeks because their masks are rubbing off their products mm -hmm. and then they're either getting blue light exposure outside so had you heard about the blue light impacting not only our hormones and and by via, via mechanism of, of our eyes but also the skin directly i have i mean i haven't read a great deal about it but i mean i, I read three to five articles a day and read a book every single day. Well, not a whole one, but I read every single day and keep up to date with the, the main podcasts. And uh, there has been some talk around it, but again, I can't talk about it in any detail. Yeah, well, that's my wheelhouse. So I give you guys the lowdown there. Actually, uh, you've actually inspired me, Tim, to write a paper on grounding and potentially the effects of creating more organized collagen in the skin mm. so if we have the ability to see with that red blood cell sample the more uniform organization mm. of those cells i postulate that there absolutely will be a tie-in to things like uh, you know elastin and collagen which are what make up our soft tissue so what's the best thing you've done to stay looking so young at 41 mm. um it's a combination. It's all the things that add up, really. I think if there was one thing that I would pick other than optimizing my nutrition based on what my cells need, uh, that's obviously having the right fats um, and cutting out the things that um, my body doesn't tolerate too well and fixing the way that my body does digest things apart from that it would be the hyperbaric oxygen therapy chamber uh, would be my my go-to um i heard about uh, dave talk about it in probably 2015 i guess maybe a little bit before on the bulletproof radio he mentioned it just in passing our oh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy is shown to do x y and z so i started googling it and looking around and there wasn't really anywhere in england that did it so uh i decided to open a clinic in central london i uh, built it within a month and had it open and it was it's, it was very expensive unaccessible then um anywhere ranging from 150 to 300 bucks an hour 
and you know you'd want to do it a couple of times a week so uh, yeah when i opened the clinic obviously i had free reign of it which is amazing and we filled the clinic up very very quickly in fact it's grown significantly since yeah, the hyperbaric is a, a modality since then so um, what have you noticed with your aging process or your skin or your your cellular functioning with uh, some of your biohacking. Well, well, how how important would you say oxygen was to healing and health and healthy skin? Well, it's definitely up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we if we go without it for very long, you know, we become brain dead very quickly. Um, and if we can't breathe for a minute, we know about it. It's one of the most panicking things that people can have. The only thing is, is that when we're slightly deficient in it, either because we're living in a city with high pollution um, or we're living in a, an apartment without good ventilation, so we're really high in carbon dioxide, um, or we're cooking and letting the oils smoke out the house, um, which is really, really toxic, or we're living with products like mattresses made out of memory foam. And they're off gassing. Off, yeah, giving off gases the whole time. Um, well, just at all, we've... Um, yeah, we've got high carbon monoxide levels. Uh, so if you're if you're vaping, if you're uh, doing shisha or smoking or any of these things, then your blood levels are going to be off, which means that you may not notice it consciously that being 10, 20% deficient in oxygen. So we're it's called change blindness in psychology, actually. So when you see someone on a daily basis, you'll notice you'll notice no change in them but you'll see their passport photo from five years ago and you'll go, oh my God, you've changed so much, but I didn't notice even though I've been with you every day. So that is called what we call change blindness. So we are the same when it comes to things like oxygen. Now, there is a, a threshold, 20% threshold of when someone changes by 20% or something changes by 20%, we generally notice it. Just like movement in the trees, we were, we're wired to notice something moving in the tree. Uh, that is because the people that didn't move when something was in, rustling in the leaves, uh, we did out of existence. So the thing with oxygen is, is if we are starved by about 20%, we just under 20%, we don't really notice it. And as a result, we do nothing about it. Well, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, like breath work, which is part of the way there, hyperbaric oxygen therapy get significantly more oxygen into the cell. So it's cellular oxygen, and it gets it to the saturation point of what you need for your body to thrive like it would have done if we had lived in nature or if we were breathing properly or if we had better posture or if we weren't so lazy with our breath work, if we used our diaphragm properly, blah, 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 blah. Now, mm -hmm. one of the, the big things from Wim Hof's work is people with breath work and the various variants of it feel amazing a lot of people say it's actually life-changing for chronic health issues and things like that why is that they're actually getting their body to operate as they should do it's becoming more resilient and it's having the building blocks that it should do one of the most important building blocks of all so hyperbaric oxygen therapy actually gives you that so you can have it you know an hour a day hour and a half uh, depending on what pressures level of pressure you do it to uh, and what you're using it for uh, I had an operation 2017, actually, just before the Bulletproof Conference in Pasadena. And uh, the doctors told me I had a three-month healing process. It was a really big, very big wound. It was probably four inches by three inches wound. And he said it's going to take at least three months. And it was from the muscle to heal outwards to skin level. Uh, I had hyperbaric an hour and a half every single day. 
and within three weeks it nearly healed up and I was having red light therapy on it and I was having hyperbaric oxygen therapy and when I went back to him three weeks later for a checkup he couldn't believe it and I said to him what do you put that down to just out of interest and he said it was a miracle (laughs) it's, it's impossible you must be a very fast healer I was like well funny actually because a few months before I'd actually burnt my hand on the oven and it hadn't healed up until I started having this protocol um I've got my my good friend, Dr. Scott Scher, uh, to thank for for guiding me with this along the way. He's uh, one of the leading hyperbaric specialists, actually, and a speaker at my summit. Um, So, yeah, so I I would say having the right building blocks in place, like hydration and minerals and air, (laughs) clean, good quality air, will help your body flourish as as it should do, uh, which will rejuvenate you. Mm -hmm. So what you mentioned earlier in the show about, you know, all these other crazy biohackers like yourself, I've kind of fallen into that community here, too, with posting photos of myself going in the ocean for eight minutes up to my neck. And here I am at the beach, you know, I got my toque on doing my Wim Hof breathing to survive. Mm -hmm. And like, it's it's cold here in Canada in the water. This ain't no tropical water. Mm -hmm. And then all these other people started following me and tagging me. And there's this whole community here where I live of people that do a cold water plunging. So I love that. And what's really cool about it, when you can start to stack these different biohacking things, like using my red light therapy morning and night to kind of wake myself up, but also to get myself settled by the end of the day, tracking your sleep, taking your collagen, making sure you're exercising the way that's right for you, doing certain gut tests. Like this stuff is getting more mm. economical and affordable than ever, which is amazing. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a really interesting point. It's probably my most asked question, actually, is biohacking is for rich people. Well, actually it's not. You can replace pretty much everything with nature, but it's about... Mm, if you have a deficiency in sunlight, standing in the sun for the afternoon won't necessarily help fuel that deficiency of red light that you need for your mitochondria. Uh, so you wouldn't necessarily be rejuvenated in 20 minutes of sun. Well, you can have a good blast with a red light therapy device and uh, top up very quickly. In fact, you know, notice people that are using it within two or three days very quickly, actually, for healing, for skin tonality. And as, as you know, you know, some people look like they're almost sun-kissed without being sun-kissed from using red light. So that's where, you know, you can see sunset. If you're, so if you haven't been lazy or you're not unaware of these things, instead of having to go out in the sun and see sunset, you can use red light therapy. Or if you're not doing your daily ex- breathing exercises or you're chronically ill, then you can go for hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I mean, for me, I like to meditate in there. I, used to use, I use my brain tap device, actually, while I'm in there which is great. Oh, I used brain tap and I actually had a really lovely experience when I Mm. used it. It was really cool. So being able to use some of these, um, you know, neurofeedback type devices is a really Mm. neat way to kind of like defrag your brain a little bit, but also help you drop deeper Mm -hmm. into certain brainwave states, which were usually in that high beta, but to get more into that delta theta gamma sometimes can be quite profound and just noticing how you feel in those different states is pretty fun. Yep, it is, yeah. So that's where, I mean, I like using the term stacking biohacks a lot because I just do one thing at a time. If you've tested one thing on its own, like for instance, hyperbaric and you've used it for a month or so and you feel great after doing it, okay, that's great. Well, how about using that and then adding to it and adding to it and adding to it? And, and that's where I, I use the term stacking biohacks, like my bulletproof coffee with grounding in the morning with sunrise. I mean, there's three right there. Um, yeah. 
So, uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a really good way of getting uh, good wins very quickly. What do you do for you know your your mental health, your your spiritual well being to keep yourself aligned, especially during you know some some crazy times where we need to stay most grounded, centered, balanced, and aligned as possible in order to navigate these times and not have our our physicality waver. Mm. Again, it's a very good question. I, I'm going to go a little bit uh, more technical and less emotional and more logical on this. So um, my friend Martin Tobias, uh, who was the CEO of Upgrade Labs, uh, he once told me about a book called Thinking in Bets. And it's by a female world-leading poker player. Anyway, so he didn't realize at the time when we were sitting in an Uber going across London how much of an impact just the few things that he told me about the book would have, let alone when I read it and then listened to it several times. What it is, is uh, there's two points I'll give you from it, uh, which will tell you why my mind works the way it does in these. Is One is um, too many people, when you say to them, no, the first point actually would be, what are the odds of this happening, number one? So for instance, if you have 100,000 followers and you get one person a day, heckling you or, or calling you out or whatever it may be, that's one a day. Now, you might be subjected to that one a day, so you'll think, actually, I'm getting a lot of hassle here. But in the grand scheme of things, with 100,000, that's very little. It's very, very little. Whereas when you had 30,000, you might get one a week, you see. So the thing is, we're subjected to that one a day, so therefore we think it's much greater than it actually is. But when you look at it in, a, in the sum, so for instance, if you have a hand of cards that is an 80% chance of winning. That's 800 times out of 1,000 you're going to win. That's 20 times, uh, yeah, uh, 200 times you won't. So you keep on playing that because you know it's going to win. Okay, so that's point one. When you have five or six hands that lose with that hand, you don't go, okay, now I'm going to change tactics because you know that you're going to win 800 times out of 1,000. So, so first of all, the understanding the odds and calculating the best of those the best you can, that really does take the emotion out of something or other. Now, taking the emotion out of these things for mind, body, and spirit and alignment is absolutely critical because you know when something gets you and you feel that pang, you're like suddenly all logic goes out the window and we become, we can occasionally fall apart emotionally and have a tough time of it. But whereas if you take it back and think logically and go, actually, what are the odds of this? That actually takes the emotion out and helps you be centered and think logically, like a friend giving you advice about something. They always seem to be bloody right. And when you give someone advice, it always seems that your opinion is right for them, but not you can't do it for yourself. So, so that's the point one. The other point was from the book was that to, when you say to someone, what was the last bad decision you made? They will tell you something. And it's usually based on the outcome of that decision. So for instance, instead of saying, um, I hired someone and it went wrong, therefore it was a bad decision hiring them. Well, you might've done your due diligence on hiring that person. It might've been an amazing decision, but the outcome was unfortunate because of some other, th other reason. Like for instance, uh, you drive home drunk, that's a bad decision. It's just a bad decision. If you got home, that was a lucky result. It was a good result from a bad decision. Doesn't mean that it's the flip. A, bad, a good decision equals a good outcome, do you see? So detaching the, the decision from the outcome is another thing. So I'll close off on this part. The point is, is that when times like this are going on and 
you know, with lockdowns and lack of social connection other than on Zoom and things like that. And it can become quite tough for a lot of people. Um, you think for a second, right, what are the options here? What are the odds of that being the right one? And then I'm going to take a decision knowing that I've put my thought into a logical process of the chances of that being the right decision, knowing that if that if the outcome isn't good, then I've done my best in that process and detaching the emotion from it. Therefore, I can remain centered and be logical in my decisions while still enjoying the ride. I know that was a long answer, but really, as a biohacker that is interested in data, it's important for alignment to use the way that your mind works to live uh, to practice what you preach. And that's the way that I do that pretty much in every case. So with our summit, I'll give you one application of this, our summit, it got to the point where COVID was still a problem. We were scheduled for September last year. And it was like, everyone was like, oh my God, this is happening, that's happening, it's gonna be crazy. I was like, okay, what are the options here? Boom, 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 boom. What are the potential uh, choices? Boom, 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 boom. What are the chances of that being the right one? Okay, we'll go with that, tick, done. Completely unemotional decision. And that helped me keep very centered and aligned with my purpose. So I hope that, I hope that explains it in a very long-winded way, but as a biohacker in the, you know, in the mindset. I think that's fantastic. And I'll add another layer onto that. The fact that what I'm noticing, because I work with a lot of clients from all over the world, both online through virtual skin consults and rejuvenation planning and all that, and also in person, but realities for different individuals are different. There's multiple realities happening at different times for different individuals. And, you know, there's some people are even saying there's tears in our reality and, and things are really changing right now. And I just want you all listening to just kind of tune in for just a hot second here. Do not be surprised in your interactions with people, places and things at this time. And just do the best you can to look after yourself, body, mind, spirit, energy. Take everything that Tim has shared with us today and see how it can apply and benefit your well-being. And also, I really want everybody to start to tune into uh, Tim Gray's work because I'm really inspired by the content you're putting out by, you know, getting more people to ground and getting in nature. I think that's really key. So, Tim, tell us how we can work with you, how we can follow you and how we can support you my um most active place is instagram so that's tim biohacker or one word also the health optimization summit in london uh, we're just looking at some other countries as well at the moment but waiting for this little virus to be gone first um but instagram is the main place perfect and, well, yeah, yeah if you if you want to uh, ch check out the summit it's summit.healthoptimization.com but it, we have an s because we're british not a z right <laughs> right and you also do one on one work as well i do yeah i do uh, i i call them biohacking consults it's more like uh, looking at your daily routine and see that it lines up with nature yeah i think that this that's fantastic and the more that we can get kind of get um, aligned with the frequencies of the earth and and everything else that's going on around us. I think that's going to better support everything on a cellular level from our mitochondria, the way that our nervous system is functioning via the mechanism of electrical charges and helping to keep things balanced so that things don't get out of balance. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to thank you, Tim, for joining us today. And I think this is great, you know, from one corner of the planet to the other, we're helping each other out. 
And yeah, for you all tuning in today, please don't be a stranger. Please reach out to me. Send me an email with your questions at info at rachelvarga.ca on all things skin, aging well. And of course, I offer one-on-one consultations at rachelvarga.ca to help you figure out which at-home and in-clinic options can best help you. And I think what biohackers have really kind of tuned into and people like my husband is they're really kind of going within. We're not necessarily looking at all of these different external things to support us. We're really taking the time to take charge of our health on the inside and out and, you know, clean up our act and our environments. So do you have any final words for us today, Tim? Not really. I think we've covered a good amount. Um, uh, It's always think what would our ancestors have done to survive to get to this point? That's always the biggest question in everything. Yeah, definitely. Like hanging out at the campfire. I've I've been playing a lot more of my guitar lately Mm -hmm. and getting back into things like that that we used to do as opposed Mm to uh, being on our smartphones. And just a tip, uh, I actually lock myself out of using my apps from certain times of the day mm. and give myself an hour of screen time a day. Mm. And I recommend that you all do the same thing so that you aren't constantly inundated with other people's reality and are more aligned with what's right for you in just the right way for you at just the right time. So thank you so much, Tim, for joining us today and all of you tuning in here on the Rachel Varga podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, hit that bell notification and like the video and share Tim Gray with your friends in this episode. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks so much, Tim Gray, for joining us today. Thanks for having me.